0: Oi, bang! This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. How's it going? Welcome to Brazooka Sounds. Don't forget to rate this show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's kind of a new thing over there and it helped me a lot with the algorithm and stuff like that to make this show reach more people. This episode here is going to be about the International Women's Day. Brazil obviously has a tradition of great female singers, Gal Costa, Maria Bethany, Elisa Regina, but that would be too easy, right? What I'm gonna do is actually bring a lot of female singers known by their first name. This is also actually a tradition in Brazil, right? Stage names being just the first name. as in soccer, like Romário, Ronaldo, Neymar, but it's also applied to music. And that's what I'm gonna do to spice it up the thing a little bit. Brazilian female singers known by their first name, starting with Flora. <laughs> Probably many people know her as Flora Purin, as she moved to the United States in 1967, put a lot of records uh, together with Chick Corea Jazz Band, uh, Flora was even considered the best jazz singer in the world by the renowned magazine Downbeat in the mid-60s. But I'm gonna go all the way back to 1964 in her first album recorded, she was known only as Flora, Flora as we say in Portuguese, one of the early stages of Bossa Nova, everybody was still trying to figure it out, this new genre, 1964 has a great Bossa Nova album by Nada Leão, but Flora had a different approach, at least in my opinion, a little more experimental, more percussive, and that might be because at the time she was in a relationship with the drummer Don. Um Romão, one of my favorite drummers of all time, who kind of coordinated the entire recording session of that album, a very distinguished way of using his percussion. Por amor deja, Tanto chão e mar Obviously, Don Roman also released his own solo record in that same year of 1964. The difference here in Flora's debut album is her magical voice, which was also a little bit different from all the Bolsa Nova singers at the time, such as Nara Leon and Maísa. Uh, Flora's voice was more like almost aggressive in some ways, you know, a little peppery. She didn't have that mellow tune, which was almost like whisper on a telephone like other oh, Bolsonaro singers at the time. All that being said, that was exactly the reason too many music critics really didn't get it, They really didn't like the effort of Flora, which is a shame because this record is a who's who in terms of personnel playing. The acoustic guitar in this record is played by Rosinha de Valença, JT Meirelles on sax and Raul de Souza on trombone. Two iconic Brazilian figures, especially in the 60s and the 70s. Especially considering Flora was really the star of the show. The name of the album, Flora, é MPM. MPM was actually an acronym for Uh, modern, popular music. At the time, Brazilian mainstream music was very attached to the corny ballads of radio singers, just like in the US, right? Fred Astaire, Frank Sinatra, all those guys. We also had the same structure in Brazil. And the MPM artists, they were trying to break that wall. That's why they used to call themselves modern. And that acronym, MPM, later on, In the late 60s, it would be known as MPB, right? The Brazilian popular music, so they dropped the modern. So MPM is pretty much a pre-MPB. The song in the background now, Reza, was written by a very young Edu Lobo. And the song was made famous many years later as part of the song You Don't Know Me by Caetano Veloso from his album Transa. And Flora obviously also has a great life story. She's no joke, right? She comes from a very traditional Jewish family, and she married very early in life, and she actually broke her marriage after she met the drummer Don Romão. There's actually a story that one night Flora's father went to the iconic Beco das Garrafas bar uh, in Rio de Janeiro where and he shot the drummer, but luckily he missed the shot. And that's a little bit of an explanation of three years later, Flora just took off and she moved to the United States. And there actually she ended up meeting another drummer, Ayrton Moreira, remarried again and still with him up to this day. So if you know Flora discography, but for whatever reason never caught on into this debut record still released in Brazil, I totally recommend it. Top 5 of history of Bolsa Nova for quite sure. So This is Joyce, and this is kind of an instrumental piece called Aldeia de which, which in the 1990s was kind of responsible for her explosion on European dance floors when she was discovered by some English DJs. Joyce, obviously, she began her career in the late 60s. She was also kind of part of that Clube da Esquina group Actually, there's a great album with her husband at the time, Nelson Angel, from 1972, which was one of her last albums in the period because Joyce stopped making music to take care of her two daughters. And this album that I picked to show you here is from 1980. So a big gap of years, right? The name of the record is Feminina, and we can even argue it is a very feminist album, it deals a lot with sexuality, like uh, her concile, husband, children, and her own desires. This is the album her uh, biggest hit, the song Clariana, a song that Joyce made in honor of her two daughters, Clara and Anna, and many songs on this record They were recorded before, but mysteriously never released until recently when the English label Far Out put an out. So many songs on this record here, Feminina, they were recorded again. Good track is here is enormous, and as I said, right, Joyce has this angelical voice, but above all, she is a marvelous guitarist. All that you hear in terms of strings in this album is provided by herself. She uses a lot of finger picking techniques, which is just great. Like this song in the background, Banana, is originally from an album never released, Visions of Dawn's there was, as I said, released recently by uh, The Far Out Recordings, and they are completely two different versions made on new recording sections in Brazil, and actually later in life, uh, Joyce met her new husband, the drummer Tucci Moreno, which among many, many other records, he's the drummer on the album Tranza by Caetano Veloso. And that's why this day she actually changed her artistic name. And she goes by Joyce Moreno. Banana de tudo que é feitinho <muchos> e feição. Poiaba dentro é vermelha igual ao meu coração. É doce, é maduro, é triste, é meio arridio. Meu coração dá de tudo igual chão do Brasil. interestingly enough, Joyce had a lot to do with the discovery of her next female singer right here. This is Celia, probably in English people might say Celia. Her two first self-titled records of 1970 and 1972 are just essential. Uh, the first record, there are many, many songs written either by Joyce, as I said previously, or Nelson Angelo, which is, was Joyce's husband at the time, as I explained before. But I really like this second record the most, from 1972. The song in the background is called A Hora É Essa and was written by Erasmo Carlos and Roberto Carlos as a gift to Celia. It was like an unreleased track at the time and has this absolutely great funk soul vibe, which was a genre still baby-stepping in Brazil at the time. So the entire record is this combination of MPB, soul music ballads. Obviously, the album was arranged famously by Artur Verocai, and Sally even recorded one of his famous songs, Na Boca do (laughs) Sol. So technically this is the original version, Celia released uh, this version way before, Arthur Verokai. Arthur actually gave the song to her as kind of a gift, right? Because that very famous Arthur Verokai record is mostly instrumental, there are not too many lyrics, because he was not really a singer, so he always thought that actual singers could elevate his work. And a very interesting thing here, these albums released by Celia, they were on this record label called Continental, Continental, which was a mainstream sertanejo record music label. So it was really, really to play on the radio, right? For corny and cheesy singers. But they were trying to expand their horizon and the music business in Brazil at the time. And Celia was the singer that they hired first to try and experiment if it would work, and it really did. She sold a lot of records, and then she was actually responsible for convincing people on the record label that Arthur Virakai was someone that they should bet their money on. As she will say in her interviews, like this one here, that my partner Ali is going to read for us. When I became the queen of Continental, I came one day and said to the head of the label, there's a maestro here who is wonderful and wants to make an instrumental record. And Continental said, okay, then bring it on. And then Artur did it with all the strings and pomp and circumstance he wanted. There was no problem. So that's the story, right? That Arthur Vera Kind's debut album that everybody is obsessed about, it was released on this continental label that was pretty much like a very cheesy top 40, and Celia was a big part of that transformation. So I talked about Claudia before here in my podcast special of the best albums released in 1971. Everybody probably knows their record, Jesus Cristo, which is great, don't get me wrong. But we go many, many years ahead now to 1979. This album here is Pássaro Emigrante. And it was not an album that stood out in the period in which it was released, and it's not even on the digital platforms these days. But in my opinion it is definitely an album to be rediscovered, one of those hidden gems especially if you like this kind of funk so influence kind of record. Claudia had just just marvelous voice, I told you a story in that episode about her struggle in being compared too much uh, against Elise Regina, many critics really started calling her like a copycat, and that's why this album here is so important, and so good, because she started writing songs herself, which was not a thing at all to those very great female singers at the time, right? As I said, Elis Regina, Maria Bethânia Galcosta, especially, they all relied on very famous songwriters for her songs, and Claudia was trying to expand that notion. She would actually use pseudonyms in order to be more recognized, because according to her, an album only with songs written by a female singer would not be accepted in the matcha centric Brazilian record labels. But here in Pássaro Imigrante, she decided to sign all the songs in the album, except for one that she co-signed with her husband at the time, which was also the drummer of the record, Chico Medori. What's up with these Brazilian singers with drummers, right? So it is a record, like, very immersed in grooves, funk, disco music, since we're talking about 1979 and disco was already exploding uh, worldwide. especially like this song here called Medo, which is big grooves, like the bass, really taking care of the song in the beginning. So As you can see, right, it is made for the dance floor, a very hidden gem released by Claudia in 1979, the album Passaro Immigrant, The Immigrant Bird. Obviously the record is somewhat inconsistent, but... 70% of the songs here are crazily good, I totally recommend it nonetheless. This is an album that was completely dead in obscurity until it was released uh, recently. The album is by this singer called Dila from 1971. It's her first and only album. Uh, the song of the background is just like outstanding, like nice groove, great voice, this funk uh, Brazilianized, so to speak, right? there's this very feeling of Brazilians were doing something different with the entire soul and funk music coming from the US. Incidentally, the name of the song is also a female name, Inês. And as the story goes, Dila, the female singer, she died in a car accident shortly after the release of the record in 1971, unfortunately. So her legacy is pretty much this 36 minutes of music right here. Outstanding music, I would say. The original copies of this album is going for upwards 60 to $700, but like I said, fortunately for all of us, it was reissued by Far Out in 2019. I even bought this album in a used record store here in Toronto by, I don't know, 12 to $15, don't even remember. Was it still And there's no much information at all about Dila, what she was up to, where she came from, other than this information right here in the liner notes of the album. Folks, look out, because when this girl starts to sing, you're in trouble. Hold the railing so you don't fall down the stairs because she's coming this way and shaking up everything. Yeah, she was definitely shaking up everything. Important to say that the mood of the album Shift, runs through most of the B side of the album. The side A is mostly this funk soul influenced sounds. The B side is more like samba songs. It almost seems like two separate records, but it doesn't take away anything at all about how good it is, totally recommend it as well. Dila, 1971, self-titled record. So the singer here is called Elisabete, or you guys would say in English Elizabeth, and it's an album from 1970. Quero ver de perto uh, Elizabeth or Elisabete. She was like a mid-60s singer from the jovem guarda scene, right? The rock and roll movement in Brazil. But around the early 1970s, jovem guarda was really not a thing anymore. It was not cool. It was dying down completely. And Elizabeth right here is not that different, this record is clearly a crossover of the genre with more psychedelic tunes, more strings, horns, almost like a lo-fi version of Funkadelic. Maybe this comparison is a little overstated, right? Of course, Funkadelic is one of the most important bands of the world, Elizabeth is a very unknown female singer of Brazil, very much like a hidden gem. Also very interesting that Elizabeth composes alone all 12 tracks on this record right here. She was probably also responsible for this cover, which is really gorgeous, her her just like laying down on a piece of grass with her marvelous blondie hair. It's one of those very rare records, you know, by rare, some of the records becomes very, very expensive. Other super rare records, they are in the category, it is rare because nobody actually cares. She is in this second category, like somewhat obscure former joven Guarda singer. And again, as I have repeating here, totally recommend... This is Leia. obviously she was one of the most famous Brazilian singers of the rock and roll era. She was charismatic, a sax symbol, a TV host. She was everything in Brazil in the 60s. She was the host of this TV show Side by Side with Erasmo and Roberto Carlos. But this record here is from way later. It's from 1977 a more adult version of herself. The name of the record is Vamos Que Eu Já Vou, Let's Go, that I'm already going. And at this time, Vanderlei was like in a relationship with the great... Uh, arranger, producer, multi instrumentalist Egberto Gismonti, who was the executive producer on this record here. The song on the background is written by Egberto, which by the way he recorded that song on his own record later on. I prefer the Wanderlei version better, actually. (laughs) It's a Brazilian psychedelic groove at its best. The audience, right? The people, they really didn't get it at the time, really not embrace this more experimental, eclectic side of the Queen of Jovem Guarda. I guess the movement changed, Wanderlei changed, but the people, they were not still ready for any change. And that's pretty much was the and of Wanderlei, I streak as a celebrity in Brazil, which has nothing to do with music, nothing to do with this album right here, very easy to find. Right now at Discord you can find this record for $11, so definitely a steal. <laughs> So this is Silvinha, which is a nickname, right? At this point you guys that like Brazilian culture probably know that Inho and Inha in Brazil is just like a diminutive form. So her name is Silvia, so Silvinha is like the little Silvia. She also comes from the Jovem Guarda movement, she was also a blondie, so I guess pretty much all the famous celebrities on the Jovem Guarda movement. They were like blondie females with a single name. Just like Wanderleia had her own show partner with Erasmo and Roberto Carlos, Silvinha was also a TV host with Eduardo Araujo. And later on they were actually marry each other and stay married for 40 years or something, and traditionally, Eduardo Araújo and Silvinha, they always participated together in shows, but at the time of recording albums, however, they will part ways, they have different careers as a solo artist, but now, with the release of this new LP here, the couple broken that routine, which gives the album a very different appeal of this back and forth of a female and male voices, sometimes singing separately, sometimes doing uh, harmonies. This record here was released by an independent label in Brazil called Beverly. This record has no release on CD or is not on the digital platforms, the only possible way to acquire this record is the original version released in 1976, meaning it is a very expensive record to put your hands on, which is all fair because it really is a magnificent record of psychedelic fun soul music influenced with a lot of regional folklore music from Brazil, so it's a great blending of those two things that seems ocean apart, but they may work together. So they have now this a musical philosophy of mixing rock and roll music, psychedelic tunes. And unlike Wanderlei and many other artists from the Joven Guarda era, they were very praised by trying to do something different. This is what's written on a magazine called POP in November 1976. It's always good to know that yet another artificial idol has decided to turn the tables and exchange the silly prefabricated fame for the humble and sanctifying profession of music. (laughs) As you can see, it's probably one of those snob music critics that wrote that review. And Sylvina is actually, she was always different from all the other female singers because she has this raspy voice. She sometimes will be considered the James Joplin of Brazil actually, really more attached to the entire rock and roll movement. it is a perfect link to our next artist, right here, also Blondie, also coming from the Jovem movement, and I'm talking about Vanusa. So this is a self-titled album of Venusa from 1973, many people call Venusa 4, and you might be thinking right there that this riff, it's very similar to Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. almost feel like it was plagiarized, but hear me out right here, Black Sabbath album was released 5 months later compared to this Venusa album, so if someone plagiarized someone, it was not really Vanuza who did it, and I'm looking at you Tony Iwami right now. But jokes aside, this record is actually extremely all over the place. Uh, I do like the record, but it's not like top-to-bottom good record. We have some very interesting MEPB songs here. Of course, this crazily rock and roll, almost heavy metal uh, song in the background and a lot of folk arrangements as well. I guess that's more the constitution of 60% of the album, there's more psychedelic folk arrangements, like this song here, which is the Vanuza biggest hit ever in Brazil, the song Manhãs de Setembro. But she had a long, long, long career. If you grew up in the 90s or the early 80s, like myself, you really only knew Vanuza as this corny singer on the TV mainstream. You didn't really know her entire past as Jovem Guarda and this more MPB folk psychedelic singer. You really didn't know anything about that. And if you wonder what kind of name is that, Vanusa, I have no answer to give you as well. It's a very weird name, even from Brazilian standards. I never met anybody in my entire life with that name. And talking about this music on the background, right? Manhãs de Setembro. In English, that means September Mornings, which it is the name of a Brazilian TV series currently available on Amazon Prime Video because it's not even a coincidence. September Mornings really tells the story of this transgender woman played by the singer Lineker, working as a delivery driver that wants to pursue her dream of being a cover singer for Vanusa. so what are the odds? Ready? Right? So, if you were listening to this podcast, this go hand in hand. The recommendations. Okay, it's time to wrap this up, guys, with the last album, which is actually a compilation called Brazilian Disco Boogie Sounds. was releasing two volumes by uh, The Favorite Recordings, which is a French label focusing on soul, funk, jazz, and other related genres from the 1970s and 80s. I want to talk this singer here, her name is Solange, that's right, just like Beyonce's A Younger Sister, and the song Quero Un Baby Seu, it was just like an attempt of Solange having like a solo career. She was actually famous for being a backing vocal artist. And you might recognize this song performed by Caetano Veloso a year later. And many people in Brazil probably think this song It is a Caetano Veloso song, but it is not. On the background is really the original version of the song, Quero um Baby Seu. Then, coming back here to this Brazilian Disco Boogie Sounds compilation, the volume 2, and this next song right here by Branda. One of those Boogie singles, and the song was written and produced by her brother, Don Beto, and it took me a lot of time to find out about this, actually, because, believe me, there's not a lot of information about Brenda, but after I discovered who her brother is, it makes a lot of sense, because she clearly sings with an accent. Uh, Don Beto hailed originally from Uruguay, so I'm assuming here that Brenda It's also from there, also from Uruguay. One of the songs on that Don Battle album is named after Brenda. Oddly enough, I don't know her from this new French compilation, because that particular song was released also in a compilation in Brazil in the 1980s called Fantásticos. There are more than 10 volumes of those compilations, almost ever with a provocative Brazilian girl in a bikini in the album cover. (laughs) And I feel like everyone had at least a couple of those records. They were being sold in used record stores by, I don't know, two bucks. (laughs) this uh, French compilations here, the volume 2, one of the tracks is performed by also a female singer with a single name, Adriana, who by the way, just as a personal story here, it is the singer my sister was named after. not exactly an exuberant singer, so I really don't know what my parents were thinking about at the time. And with this song by Adriana, I'm gonna finish it off. This Brzeca Sounds. This podcast also had vocal contributions from Alexandra Murphy. Also, don't forget to rate this show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Bye bye. This was Brazooka Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time.